Welcome everyone to the fifth episode of the Villa Kids podcast. I'm Zahi and for this episode I am super excited because this is the first stats special and I'm fortunate to be joined by Dan Morgan from the heart of the Holt. Dan, welcome. How are you today? I'm good, thanks Zahi. Thanks for having me on. It, it's a privilege to be on this podcast. I've, I've watched a few of your episodes and I really like what you guys do. Uh, and I like stats. I'm sure uh, from what from what you and your dad have been saying, you, you've you've liked what we do with our podcasts in terms of stats and, and kind of talking about players. So hopefully, uh, me and you will will we'll talk some stats uh, in this podcast about Villa uh, and about some of our best players. So Villa got their first three points on Monday, and they had five reflections. There were some great performances from Martinez, Kronzer, Louise and Grealish in particular. I think McGinn could still move up a gear though. The red card was definitely a red card, but if it was only a yellow, I don't think I would have complained. After Sheffield United had a play sent off, they defended very deep, which meant we, that we had a lot of possession. Quite a few shots, but not many real chances. Expected goals for Villa were only 1.1. I think we need to make sure that we can turn possession into a real into a real chance. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely spot on, Zai. I think, um, I think Villa actually, I don't know what you think, but I think Villa played their better football when it was 11 v 11 before Egan got sent off. Um, we... We were moving the ball quickly and I think I think that the Sheffield United defence actually struggled a lot with the long balls that we were playing, which is uh, quite out of character for them because they're very tall. Uh, so, you, you know, I'm quite tall. I'm six foot, I'm six foot three. So if I was a Sheffield United defender, I'd be, uh, I'd be loving the chance to header them balls away. But Egan really struggled and he got, I believe, a little stat for you. He was the uh, one defender in the Premier League last season who got the most red cards. So he's not had a very good start this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you, as you kind of touched on there, it was a 1.1 expected goals. I think we had 18 shots and only two were on target. Sheffield United had two shots and one on target. So I think we were lucky with, uh, you know, the, the expected goals came in, that the, the one was enough. And yeah, I think Villa do need to turn possession into chances. Uh, I wouldn't be too critical on it though, because... It was our first game. Sheffield United had the benefit of playing another another game before us, so they they you know they were potentially more ready and sharp to play. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think we we have to do a bit more with the possession we had because we had seventy eight percent possession, which is is a lot, and Villa don't usually have that much. So it would have been nice to have seen a few more goals, Sahi. I've got some interesting stats for some key players. If you are if you are watching on YouTube. You can see the charts I've made. Let's start with Concer, who had an amazing game. On this chart, I have compared Concer for Monday against his average stats from last season. His passing was just as good, but the real differences were the numbers of interceptions he made and the number of headers he won. On Monday, Concer made four clearances versus an average of 2.6 per game last season. 
He also won seven headers compared to just two on average last season. For me, this shows the key differences in his performance and his role. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think Conts has really stepped up. I think uh, an interesting comparison could be made between uh, before the lockdown and then after the lockdown, because I think Esri played very well after the lockdown. I think he really needed that time to adjust and play in the Premier League. You had some great charts, by the, by the way, there, Zahi. They were, they were brilliant. They kind of demonstrate perfectly how much he's, he's improved. I think the, the aerials are important because, especially against a team like Sheffield United, they're, they're very direct. They like, to, they like to play the ball forward from, from uh, you know, hoofing it up from their defence a lot to their strikers. So uh, in isolation, that's a really impressive stat that he made that many uh, headed clearances. It's really good from, from Esri. And I think he, he's a real um, classy defender. I think he's, he's comfortable on the ball. He can pass out from the back. He's, he's got a very good all-round game. And of course, he scored the goal, which won us the game as well, Zahi. It was a very good header, um, putting it from the other side where Ramsdale came came from. A very smart move. It wasn't powerful, but the uh, the skill behind the header was very good. And uh, and yeah, Conce has been really good. He helped us win that game. So he's improved a lot and the, he's got a really good partnership with him and Mings. What do you think about that? Yes, I think he, I think he does have a good partnership with Mings. And you see that little... F- Flick header from Mings, that shows the partnership as well. Yeah, he set him up with the header, didn't he? It was it was really good. It was really well worked. I think. Yeah, you you you're spot on there, Zahi. I think that goal uh, sums up the relationship they have, both attacking and defensively. Um, Tyrone's a great player, a great guy. So's Ezri, and it's uh, it's really good to see that their partnerships really uh, strengthened because I think at the start of last season, uh, everyone was talking about the Mingles partnership between Mings and Engels. Which ultimately, uh, you know, ended up. We've, we've not seen Ingles for a long time now. Um, I'd, I'd be asking questions on where he is. Uh, but you know, Esri Esri Kons has been so so good. So him and Mings have been excellent together. I think. I want to talk about Matty Cash next, who seems to have a great cross on him. On this chart, I have compared Matty Cash from Monday against Gilbert from last season. You can see that Gilbert is battered in terms of tackles. Gilbert had three times as many on average last season, but in every other area, Matty Cash seems to play in a way that helps our attack. His pass success rate was almost 90% compared to Gilbert's average of just 69. He had four times as many key passes and twice as many clearances compared to Gilbert didn't on average last season. Finally, he had two shots on Monday, where Gilbert had only 0.3 on, on average. I can see what Dean Smith likes about him. What do you think, Dan? I think Cash is most definitely an upgrade on Gilbert. I think, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, Zahi, but when we signed Gilbert, we were actually in the championship. Um, and I think that the recruitment then was very much geared towards was being in the championship again. I don't think, I don't know about you, but I don't think anyone saw us winning 10 games in a row and then uh, getting promoted in the playoff final, uh, which, which seems like forever ago now. But I think uh, he, Fred has done okay making a step up to the Premier League. As I say, I think he, was, he, he joined as a championship player. He, he 
played for a team that got relegated uh, from Ligue 1 uh, in Cannes. Uh, and while he topped a load of uh, sort of tackling and intercept, interception uh, stats for them, I think ultimately the proof is in the pudding. They got relegated the year he was there. Um, but if you just look at Cash, and as your your diagram perfectly shows, um, even though Gilbert made a few more tackles and blocks, I think he had to because of the, the positions he may find himself in. I think he isn't always... Um, aware of his surroundings, which uh, may be a bit controversial. I know a lot of Villa fans do like Frederick Gilbert for his big tackles, uh, which I love seeing big tackles. I don't know about you, Zahi. Um, I, I love a tackle, but I think it's often a sign that uh, he's done something wrong because he's potentially let a winger get the better of him and he's had to come back and make that recovery. Um, I think if you look at Cash last season, uh, I've got a few stats for you, if that's okay, Zahi. Um, he he had a 76% tass, uh, tackle success rate in the championship um, compared to Gilbert's 58% in the Premier League, which, uh, again, isn't, isn't great. Obviously, they're two very different divisions, but I think Cash has taken to the Premier League very well. And he, he looks certainly a lot fitter, a lot stronger, and he looks like he's very comfortable on the ball. I think with, with Gilbert, he, he liked to get forward, but then as soon as he... Um, kind of overlapped the winger and, and got past Trezeguet. He didn't have the best cross on him, but I think Cash, is he's the perfect dancer to that. Obviously, he used to play on the wings. He's been converted to a right back. And I think uh, I think Cash is a really good a really good option. What do you think, Zahi? Yeah, I think he is quite a good option for our attack. I do like big tackles as well, but only if they're, like, careful. Yeah. They're not, like... Only if there's not like a big chance of a foul. Yeah, they've got they've got to be careful. You don't want to hurt anyone, of course. Yeah. Um, that would be very bad, and I don't think I don't think Fred would like that either. You don't want to get uh, a yellow or red because you don't want to have to miss any games. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the less tackles, the better. But not in a not in a way where we're not able to make the tackles. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit harsh when Cass got that yellow for time racing. It was a bit harsh because he didn't waste that much time. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it's just a bit of game management, really. When you're when you're playing, you're going to try and run down the clock. And uh, you know, if if I've got my claret and blue tinted, uh, you know, glasses on, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you, Zahi. I'm uh, I'm very annoyed that he got booked. No one wants to get booked on the first game. Um, you know, he's got you know four. He's four yellows away from a suspension with uh, that obviously being overturned. At Christmas time, there's a long time there, so hopefully there's no more yellow cards. Um, but I, I understand why he got booked. Finally, I wanted to talk about Grealish's stats on Monday, which proved once again that he controlled our midfield. On this chart, I have compared Grealish for Monday against Mount Savage from his two games this season. As you can see, Grealish went hands down. He made 60 passes compared to Mount's 38. He got double expected assists and he had 0.2 expected goals compared, compared to Mount's 0.03. Grealish's passing was clearly superior with a 92% pass success rate, 10% better than Mount, and three key passes compared to one on average per game for Mount. I love what this chart says about Grealish. 
What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think it's great. I think the really important one there, Zahi, is the key passes one. I think with context, Grealish is obviously, he's our best player, isn't he? He's, he's our main man. Um, so I think it, uh, you've got to look at that. Whereas Mount is, he's just, you know, he's a little cog in the big machine that is Chelsea. Uh, but I think it speaks volumes that, that Grealish has created so many chances like that. It's really important that um, a player like him can do that. And, and hopefully he has uh, Watkins and, and co in the future to, to score them chances that he's creating. Um, I think it's clear. And again, I, I've got some more stats for you, if you don't mind, Zahi. Um, last season, just to compare them, at face value, Grealish scored eight and assisted in seven last season in the Premier League. Uh, and Mount scored six and assisted five. So again, Grealish has got better numbers there. He created, uh, they created the same amount of big chances, which was eight last season. But I think uh, the most important one, which I think you'll find quite interesting, Zahi, is the fact that um, Grealish touched the ball more times. So he, was, he, was, he had more of the ball. He made 2,225 touches last season, which is so big, I can't even imagine that. I don't know about you, Zahi. Um, whereas Mount only made 1,875. So there's a big difference there. There's, you know, there's a difference of around 400 uh, more, to, more times that Grealish touched the ball. Um, if you could imagine playing on the playground at school, someone having the ball, uh, you know, 400 more times than you, uh, they're gonna they're gonna be more involved with the game. Uh, and I think I think the difference between Grealish and Mount is is quite literally that you know it, it's a man against a boy. Grealish has had a lot more time to develop. I think Grealish has and always will be a better player than Mason Mount. Um, and of course, he's our you know he's our local hero. He's our captain Zahi. It's so important that he's uh, he's creating these chances and he's representing our club. You know, uh, I know you love Grealish. Uh, everybody loves Grealish. He, you know, he's our captain, um, and he represents our football club so well. And uh, I'm really proud of, of of his attacking output, and I hope it can continue through, throughout the season. So we've got Bristol City tomorrow in the cup. I think we will get to see a bit of Traore, which I'm excited about. I thought Ramsey was was quite good in the cup against Burton and, and it was good to see Davis score so I hope the two youngsters are going to play as well. Do you think we're going to win the game? I think we are Zahi. I think Bristol City, there's, there's always been a bit of a, uh, uh, a weird uh, rivalry I think just because of their manager Lee Johnson. He's a bit silly isn't he? Um, so I think Villa always like to beat Bristol and yeah, on, on Traore, I'm really excited to see him. He's he's very quick, which is really important. We've not had very quick players for so many years, so I'm really excited to see Traore play for Villa. And and as you touched on there, Jacob Ramsey, he was he was really good. Uh, you know, he only 18 years of age. He he looked very mature. He wanted the ball a lot, and I think that's a really good sign. He wasn't too shy. He didn't hide in possession or anything like that. And he almost scored actually, if you remember Zahi. Yeah. Um, he got on the end of he got on the end. Oh well, didn't get on. He almost got on the end of a cross uh, in the box by El Ghazi. So there's really encouraging signs there. I think I think Villa are going to win. I'm going to go for two nil. Um, I'd love I'd love for my guy Keenan Davis to get a goal as well. He, obviously, he scored against Burton, um, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to back Ramsey to score actually as well. I think he's he's going to really benefit from these minutes. Um, if you remember, Zahi, the, the last game we probably all went to together was, was the Carabao Cup final against Man City. 
Um, the last time everyone was was all allowed in stadiums together um, for Villa. Yeah. And obviously we made it all the way to the final. So hopefully Villa can do something similar this year because it will give... It'll give the players like Ramsey more of a chance to play. Um, if you're in the cup competitions for longer, there's more chances for him to play because I don't think he's at the level where he can start in the Premier League yet. He's not like a Phil Foden or a Mason Greenwood, uh, you know, who are of similar ages and starting. But the, the cup games would be really good for him to, to get some, some much needed minutes for his development. Great. Thank you, Dan, for joining me today. I've added a link to Dan's Twitter feed and a link to the Heart of the Holt podcast below. Thank you to all the young Villa fans that are listening. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when the next episode is out. See you soon. Bye.